You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to 3AM, where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. I'm one of your hosts, Charles Hatch. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3AM is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, and personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we may not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. Like, uh, that one time where uh, I was just, like, going to the the bathroom, peeing, and all of a sudden, a fly flies right into my stream and kills itself. (laughs) Goes right into the toilet with the stream. Just right into the toilet with the stream. That's startling, bro. Dude, it was the weirdest thing. I was like, what the dude, kamikaze ass fly. <laughs> yeah, dude. Some fly You're with murderer, his fly bro. children or like fatherless or motherless. I don't know. That's some a, maggots out there just crying for their dad. <laughs> That's the start of a Yeah, I'm, I'm basically movie. a killer now. Guys, welcome back to the 3 a.m. podcast. My name is Charlie. My name is DJ. And my name is Sean. And we're really excited because this episode, we are going to be doing a special Spooktober. What? A Spooktober (laughs) special? What? Shut up. (laughs) We're going to be talking about um, what's been our home for the last couple of years, and that is Utah. Utah. (laughs) People working together. Keep going, keep going, keep that going. <laughs> Next verse, please. No, I'm good. Oh. That's like on all the. I've actually never seen the commercial. I just hear people singing it. I had no idea it here. was a commercial. I had no <laughs> it was idea like it was their promotional ad for like visit Utah. You know what I'm talking about? Utah's rad. Yeah, like Utah. Like that's their hashtag. Utah's rad or something. Utah needs new PR because they also do Life Elevated. That's the other one they do. <laughs> but yes, I agree. They need new PR because Utah some needs dope new stuff. PR because Utah is actually dope, but has like the worst rep. Which I understand, <laughs> and a lot of it's warranted, but there's enough to out outweigh that. True. There's another thing that Utah needs to fix is, okay, so <laughs> last year, my mom came up for a work trip, and she was with a, a bunch of her coworkers, and none of them had been to Utah. They had no reason to come to Utah previously. So they're really excited to be in a new city there in Salt Lake. And I was working at the time, so I didn't get to see them a ton. I mean, my mom was working too. 
but uh, we went out for dinner one night in Salt Lake. I met up with them and uh, talking to her coworkers, she, or talking to her coworkers, they asked, you know, what's uniquely Utah, like food wise <laughs> that I can go and get, you know, like New York has their pizza, Philly has their cheesesteaks. The South has barbecue. Yeah. Uh, what, what does Utah have? Nothing. Jello, Utah has dude. nothing. <laughs> I actually have something. Fry sauce. Okay, okay. that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Other that or Jello like, or funeral potatoes. <laughs> you don't go somewhere for fry sauce. Also, you know? isn't fry sauce just mayonnaise and ketchup? Yeah. I mean, okay. Try a little harder. <laughs> We're really bagging on Utah right now. We're just trying to get it out. <laughs> So that we can tell about the other good things that are, <laughs> that are here because there are good things. Yeah. Um, but True. If you like the outdoors, Utah is the spot. I think there are five national parks within a couple hours of us right now. All different types too. Like Not you have red rock yeah. and then you have just green trees and cascades and Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Not to mention like the state parks like Uintas and stuff like that. Sure. So yeah, there's everywhere. a lot of dope stuff. Mm-hmm. The salt flats too are really cool. True. Mm-hmm. A lot of wildlife. Super beautiful place to live. Yeah. Just invent some damn food. <laughs> Get something better to eat, bro. <laughs> no. We've, uh, for the most part, enjoyed our time here, especially because we found good people. Each other. Each other. We found each other. I found here. you. <laughs> and some uh. good food. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Um, but yeah, we're, <laughs> we're going to be talking about Utah and stories that have happened in Utah. Um, kick it off, though. What a question? From the question jar? So by now, you guys, I know I'm sure you've seen our YouTube videos of our clips and our adventures at the Merker Cemetery. So thanks for all the views. Uh, we're waiting for our check to come from YouTube any day now. <laughs> and please let us know if it's not clickbaity enough for you. Yeah. We really tried to get it like perfect clickbait, and we realized that we're missing some stuff. We'll do better. Yeah. We were told by one of our neediest fans that all we needed was a red circle. <laughs> and I couldn't agree more. <laughs> we're getting there. Um, I think it's time for... The question, question, the question, question of this week is, would you rather have an arm hacked off or a leg? I already know both of your answers (laughs) and I feel like you guys know mine. Um, Both of you are arm. I'm going to say leg. I actually was going to say leg too. You'd rather have your leg chopped off? Yes. So Hmm. I can get one of those like kangaroo things. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like the... But then I'd I still ask have for him two to hands, get both you know of my legs. So you could have both fins. Uh, so I'd be like that girl from uh, Kingsman. Hey, uh, I see you. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Or Mr. Krabs. <laughs> oh, just a double peg or leg. A peg leg Pete. <laughs> yeah, dude. Just one leg. I thought you guys would keep your legs because of how much you guys love the outdoors. Well, I mean, you can still get one of them things. Yeah, but how much harder it would be. Mm. I mean, it's true. But I also like rock climbing too. I need my hands for that. And I your just legs. Get like, well, I mean, yeah, do. I feel like you get more of your strength in rock climbing from your legs. I don't know. Depends. If it's like super. True. If it starts going upside down, then 
then yeah, your hands. But <laughs> true. In, initially, but you'd be more SOL with just one hand. When we were down in Patagonia, we met a guy who was like 6'3", 220 to forty pounds. Big dude. Oh yeah. And he was missing a leg. Doing that all on one leg. So he was going to hike up to the top of Tor de Paine, which is a huge mountain. Uh, it took us literally all day, and he was going to do it. And his wife had been, he, she was going with him, and she had been training all year to fireman carry him. Just in case. But he was a massive dude. She was small, too. Like, she was probably like a 5'6". She was or like something. my size. <laughs> <laughs> So that was crazy. Anyway, you can still do the outdoors. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to be back. I'm excited to do this episode. Uh, kind of shout out where we record and where we all. So we're, I don't know if you guys are, you guys probably already know this. I'm from California, grew up in California. DJ grew up in Hawaii. Sean grew up in Washington. Actually, Sean grew up all over the States, but we all met in Utah. That's kind of where our love for scary stories sparked grew and coalesced into 3 a.m yeah we've been here for seven eight years yeah at this point (laughs) so (laughs) holy crap i'd like to think that i know the lay of the land here i know the culture and (laughs) lack of lack (laughs) of or how to get around and how not to right right but uh yeah you guys got some stories for utah right Got a couple. Yeah. Let's see who goes first. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, Go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3 a.m. And you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 a.m. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Bust out the die. Oh. DJ brought his custom die. You know me, dog. So DJ has his custom Dungeons and Dragons 20 sided die made out of metal. I got a 16. Sean got a 8. 8. I got a 3. <laughs> so, highest number goes first. Shoot. Cool. So, for my Utah stories, 
Um, I'm going to tell an experience that a young couple had with a famous serial killer who spent time in Utah, and that is Theodore Bundy, also known as Ted. And I feel like even just recently, Ted Bundy's become like super popular. Again, I don't know. Sicko extraordinaire. <laughs> I guess like Zach Efron did that video movie of him. So he was on Netflix. There was a documentary that came out just before that too. There's a documentary that came out just before that on Netflix. What? Maybe yeah. it's just Netflix. <laughs> well, true Could crime be. in general has like the genre has just had so much success in the past few years. Yeah. It's because for some reason everybody can relate <laughs> to, to wanting to kill something. Yikes. But yeah true true crime definitely has like popped off recently and in fact if you recognize this story it's because they told it on a true crime podcast my favorite murder and so when i had i had heard the story previous to that and so when they told it on my favorite murder i was like freaking out so when i worked as a bartender um Something I do when I get bored or it gets slow, I'd ask every single person, like, what's your best story or what's your best scary story? And this one server told me that her ex-husband used to be a plumber. No shit. <laughs> so Sorry. that's the story. <laughs> oh, cause shit. Like plumbing. That's funny. <laughs> Did you really not get it? Wow. Until <laughs> Good job. <laughs> anyway, so he was working on this old lady's house and he, she was like hanging out, basically hovering behind him the whole time. And he said she was just talking and talking and talking until finally she starts telling this story and he has to stop plumbing, <laughs> tightening pipes or I don't know, whatever it is. And he like comes out from under the kitchen. And he's just like enamored by the story. So she said when she was young, much younger, she was in Provo and it was near the time of Halloween and she had met this guy and decided she was going to go on a date with him. Provo real quick is just a small college town about an hour south of Salt Lake, uh, home to Brigham Young University. BYU. Yeah. Usually I think the population is about 100, 120,000 people in Provo. So, yep. And she was down there during Halloween time going on a date, going on a date with this guy. And so, uh, when she met up with them, he had suggested and she decided that they were going to go like stargazing. And there's a pretty famous place up Provo Canyon called Squaw Peak. So, it's where a lot of couples go to make out diddle i don't know classic <laughs> classic lookout point read know. scriptures or something <laughs> <laughs> pray yeah uh, i'll type it debauchery right so they turn off it goes up provo canyon and there's a turn off on the right and once you turn off on the right you have to take this super winding road up this cliff it takes about 10 to 15 minutes five minutes if you're sean and right when they turn off the main road and get onto this more rural secluded winding road up the mountain, she said something in the car changed. And she looked over at her date, Ted, and he was like rigid and just staring forward. 
and she gets really uncomfortable. He starts going a lot faster up the canyon and she can feel that something's off. So she doesn't know what to do. She's freaking out. She asks him to slow down. He's just ignoring her, staring straight forward. And he has this really like menacing feel about him. Um, so it gets to the point where she's so scared. She opens the door as he's going like 40 miles an hour up this road and she jumps out of the car. She said she like slid down a hill. She didn't get too messed up, but she got up and she started running and another car came and saw her. She flagged him down. And by that time he had taken off. Whoa. Dang. Yeah. So later after she jumped out of the car and she got away safe, Later, she found out that Ted Bundy had gone out that same night, found another girl, and killed her up the canyon. Oh. Um, while we were telling this story, one of my managers came in and said her seventh grade teacher like, used to go to the same mall that was his hunting grounds. So he had like this mall up in American Fork, I believe, mm-hmm. where he would go to all the time, and that's where he pretended to be a security guard, right? So she said one time she was working in that mall and she came out and there was like no other cars in the parking lot. It's dark and you know parking lots um, at night. It's just like beams of light and then darkness. Mm -hmm. So she can see her car like 60 spaces away under a beam of light. Cinematic. And it's just pitch black. So she starts walking and she said she's about halfway when she stops because she thinks she hears footsteps that aren't hers. So she starts walking again. And this time, because she's listening closely, she can hear that someone's trying to walk in sync with her. So immediately, she sprints to her car, gets there, puts the keys in the lock, and opens it and slams the door. And she can see a shadowy figure running up behind her. So she turns it into drive, pulls away, And as she's pulling away, she looks into this man's face that she later finds out because of the news is Ted Bundy. And she said, I'd never forget his face. Oh. So there's like a lot of stories and there's a lot of famous stories that we all know, but there was a lot of personal encounters with this guy while he stayed here. Um, And that was just one day of me asking and I got like two solid stories from it. Hmm. So I'm sure there's a thousand more. I hate that dude. (laughs) Such a dickhead, dude. It's the worst. <laughs> he, yeah, he's I'm not a, like trying to be funny. It's like, he's like what gets into people's heads to bring themselves to that? And he was a serial Jeez, psychopath killer, sociopath, and dude. offender. <clears throat> that that's a wild time having that in your hometown. It's oh, like yeah. the big talk, and it was crazy too because if you've ever watched anything on Ted Bundy or read anything about him, you may have come across a time where a lot of friends or people in the area who knew Ted on a personal level, they all said he was like, no way he could have done that. Like he's just a charming and really like suggestible person, easy to talk to, charismatic but then he used that to his advantage, which yeah, is wild. He was a freak. I don't know. I don't, like, 
there was a point in time in my life where I was super interested in serial killers and like diving into the psychology behind it, but I don't know. I don't like taking that dive as much recently. It's just like, it's not fruitful. I don't know. It's like, I don't want to remember them or care about them. Bring like more light to their name. Yeah. Than already. But here I go bringing more light to their name. Anyway. Hadn't you uh, heard another story about a couple on a date? Yes. So this is actually a story I was referring to that I've heard on My Favorite Murder. Uh, so a lot of so something I routinely do is I used to Google all the time like best true scary story and just read through that until one of them was like this happened in Provo, Utah and I freaked out. So this happened back in the 70s and it was around Halloween. So I think they had just got done with a Halloween dance party or something mm-hmm. down in Provo, Utah. And they, you know, getting ready to call it a night when the man later became husband and wife. But the man, he goes, you know what? Like, let's, you know, let's keep hanging out. So he, he suggests that they go on a hike, on a midnight hike up Provo Canyon. First of all, no, <laughs> don't do it on a first date. That is a sketch move. Oh, yeah. And by today's standards, would never happen. But apparently back in the 70s, it was like, yeah, for sure. It's a free-for-all. Jeez. Well, like like back in those days, like kids could play Dude, at yeah. night on the street, and it was fine. Yeah. You know? So they thought. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah. Until more and more people started, you know, yeah, killing people. <laughs> so. <laughs> so the guy in this situation, he knows Provo Canyon super well. He goes rock climbing there all the time. And he says, yeah, I have this, one of my favorite, you know, paths is up here. Let's just go on a hike. It's a full moon. The stars are out. We'll be able to see. So they drive up the windy road past Squaw Peak. They park the car and they get out and they start to hike pitch black almost, except they have the moon and the stars. Right. So as they're walking along, they come up to a section of the trail that's completely covered by trees. Mm-hmm. And unlike the trail right behind them, it's almost pitch black in there. The moon and the stars are covered. Mm-hmm. So they come up to the opening of it and the man gets a bad feeling. But he ignores it. And got to test it a little bit. You know? <laughs> He's like, push. I just met this honey, bro. I, <laughs> We're not going back. I'm not trying to be until scared. Her, you know what? I'm actually scared. Because <laughs> she'd be like, you know what? We're actually done. <laughs> Anyway, so later he would find out she would tell him she had a bad feeling at the exact same time. So if you're listening out there and you're with someone doing something kind of sketch, if you get a bad feeling, trust it, tell them. Anyway, trust your gut. Yeah, boy. So they decide to continue and they step into the darkness. As they're walking along the path, their eyes can barely adjust. They can barely make out outlines. He gets another feeling, this time stronger. And as he gets his feeling, his foot bumps into something soft on the path. So he pauses. This feeling is hitting him. And he looks around, and all he can see are just dark shadows and trees. And he decides right then and there, we're getting out of here. So he turns around and says, we need to go. I don't feel good. She goes, okay, me too, good. And they get out of there. They get married. They have kids. And years later, they see an interview with Ted Bundy. 
and the interviewer says, what is the closest you ever got to getting caught? And he sits there and he says, you know, back in the 70s near Halloween, I had found a girl and I had taken her up Provo Canyon. It was the plumber. (laughs) (laughs) Except he's like 26. (laughs) And it's Ted Bundy. We know who it is. (laughs) Stop trying to solve solved things. (laughs) So he, he describes this time where he took a girl up and I personally think it was the second girl because the first girl had gotten away. Yeah. That same night. The one that had gotten out of the car. Yes. So he went and found a poor girl and convinced her to go up the canyon. And he had just killed her when he said he heard a noise and looked up and saw two people coming into the trees. So a split-second decision, he ducks behind a tree and he sits there and he watches as this couple walks right up to the body, stop, look around, turn around, and walk away. Oh, my gosh. So the couple got this close. Bro. Terrifying. I mean, he probably would have just run, like, if they did find the body. You know what? I bet a normal person would run, but I bet Ted would somehow convince him. Like, I just found this too. Yeah. I I was just going to get help, and I'm I'm glad you're here. That, y'all, yeah. I bet he would. (laughs) That makes me think how many bodies or serial killers have you narrowly missed in your life? Wasn't there that stat that came out like a few years ago that's like you'll walk by 60 serial killers in your life or something like that? Or it was probably just because of the number of serial killers there was versus like the total population that they put the stat together. But still, like that's... We should verify because 60 is a high number. I know. I saw that too. I wondered if it was just like something BuzzFeed made up. <laughs> you know, I think you'd be right. But odds are there. Ugh. Yeah. Like, from an odd standpoint, and that's where I think they got it from. That's crazy. I know there's other Ted Bundy stories out there. If you have one, if your grandma has one, send them in. We'd like to hear. Oh, yeah. But yeah. What a wild time. It reminds me, yeah, like he literally terrorized parts of Utah for a while. And it reminds me of like when the Zodiac was terrifying. At large? Yeah, terrifying San Francisco. And one of our good friends' aunt lived there during the time. And she said it was just like chaos. Everyone was terrified. Everyone everyone was talking about it. Locking their doors, freaking out, you know, calls every night, checking in. Yeah. It'd It'd be stressful. Yeah. For sure. Actually, for a couple of years, we would see a poster, not even a poster, just a print, like a paper printout um, of a missing girl. And I want to say she would, she looked Latina. I think her name for was sure, Latina as well. Yeah. And we also saw like this poster in a lot of like, like, Mexican restaurants. Yeah. Um, Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Cafe <Tatos>. Rio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Back to the serious subject. No, we saw this we saw this poster at a lot of different places we were eating. Um, 
and it was up there for a couple of years. Personally, I don't. I think I've said this before, but I don't like looking at them because, like, when I see like something about a missing person, one, I feel I just feel terrible about it. Yeah. Two, like, there's a small part of me that makes me feel like my duty as a human being should be to like keep my eyes peeled for this person, mm-hmm. and that's just like. That alone is just like a heavy responsibility. It's a to lot me. to take on. It is a lot to take on, and yeah. Um, but I this poster has been around enough for me to remember every time I, I saw, it. and it, it was up, up it was up for like two years ish, three. Oh, and, and we would see this everywhere. I remember it being everywhere. Yeah, yeah. We went up to Hobble Creek, which is about twenty minutes south of Provo. And I wanted to show everybody this cool rock climbing spot, but it was at nighttime. And there was maybe like seven or eight of us. We found the spot. It was cool. We hung out for a bit. And then we started walking back, and then we're like, let's hang around and just chill, maybe tell some stories, maybe some scary stories. Right. And in the middle of all of that, I can't remember who was talking, but they stopped. And... Charles and I looked at each other with the little light that was available in the dark of this forest that we were in. And we said to each other, do you feel that? And the other said, yes. And it wasn't a good feeling. And right then and there, we're like, let's get out. We're like, oh, cool. Let's just leave. We can continue hanging out, telling stories somewhere else. More safe. (laughs) Um, We left. Everything was good that night. What, a week later, not even? News broke out that that girl we saw, her body was found in that same place that we were at. It's not a huge canyon. There's not really any turnoffs. There's some houses there, but there's not a, like there's one fork in that whole canyon. And we went down the more rural part, which is where I think they found her. Yeah. Somebody found her like they went to go pee. That would be terrible and terrifying. Yeah. Gosh. I mean, when we were there, she had been missing for a long time already. But we weren't thinking about it, yeah. But just the fact that we were there, had that feeling, they found her body not much longer after. Yep. And it was, she was long gone. Yeah. Like, her body wasn't fresh or anything. But it was just heavy and really sad. Yeah. A lot to think about. So, if multiple people are involved in this kind of case with some type of killer at large i've never been in a community when that's you know the current event mm-hmm. can't imagine yeah like the zodiac killer was in san francisco that's a big city one of yeah. the biggest cities in america and that's multiple like victims not just the one girl too not to like downplay that but still that's much more widespread mm-hmm. and it shook the whole city all the people in that city and he was never he's never found we don't know if he's still alive. That's wild. Mm-hmm. I hope with the DNA testing they can get him. I like those stories. I hate those stories. I like those stories. Yeah, those are yeah, those are nuts. <laughs> Do you have any more? Uh, I just have a quick one. So this is actually one of our good friends' mom, and she was up in Alaska with her husband. And it was at this hotel and it was like 
they had come home for the night and they were kind of relaxing. I think they went to the bar and it was like a group of people. And as they're standing at the bar, she starts talking to this man who was super charming, engaging. And uh, before they really get to wrap up their conversation, like they go and she doesn't see him again. Later that evening, they're all in the hot tub outside and that man who she started talking to comes and gets in the hot tub mm-hmm. and it's like a group of you know a bunch of people just chatting and as they're talking i think naturally they kind of pair off and they're just talking back and forth mm-hmm. wait wasn't this did you say this woman was up with her husband in alaska it was just like a normal thing not like they were like hooking up i think they were just chatting and he had kind of like taken her attention while everyone else was like talking yeah right yeah. okay so it was nothing like sketch but nonetheless he he's talking to her And he starts saying things like, you know, are you up here alone? Are you visiting anyone? She's like, no, you know, I'm with, I'm here with my boyfriend, soon to be husband. And uh, I think we're visiting so-and-so or something like that. He's like, oh, so you guys are staying here? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then does anyone else know you're up here? Why? Like, what do you mean? Like your family? Does anyone else know you're up here? And he just like, his questions get increasingly weirder, more intrusive. And then he says, would anyone realize if you never came home? I was going to say that as a joke. No. He asked her that. Would people know if I murdered you? Pretty what? much pretty much what he's I asking. Mean, that, yeah. What? So that, that's essentially like the feeling she got when he asked that mm-hmm. and did everything to quit the conversation and get back to the group. Um, but she remembers the man's name and his name was Ted Bundy. Oh, damn. So she hung out in a jacuzzi with Tedithan Bundy. Tedithan. <laughs> Bro, homie got around to a lot of different <laughs> states. I know. They exfoliated their skin together. Ew. Okay. Um, <laughs> bro, sometimes I wish somebody would. <laughs> I wish someone would. <laughs> I wish somebody would, dude. Like if we were... Uh, more in that situation, not if I was in the mountains. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if I was, if in we the had like numbers and like <laughs> weapons, I wish someone would try us. <laughs> if we were in a hot tub, I was thinking like New like New Year's Eve last year oh, yeah, when yeah, we yeah, were when all we were in Park, Park City. City, and if someone we, like pulled Janelle aside and like tried to like say weird it, things, yeah, would all in the hot fight tub. That fool, and I'd be like. Yo, you'll hear this, dude. <laughs> he just asked, and then oh, we would have rolled up with you, me, Charles, Jordan, Kale. Kale would have scared the shit out of him. In any <laughs> altercation, I've played this scenario out in my head like a thousand times. In oh, any Jake altercation, we square up with them, and then when it gets real, we all step back, and Jordan, the smallest one of us, steps forward. So the dude's like, "What?" You know. And then Jordan proceeds to beat his ass because he was fourth in the nation of wrestling. <laughs> and I've seen Jordan wrestle with Sean. And I easily have 80 pounds on and well, at, the time, at the time, probably 80 like, pounds at least. Yeah. And Jordan like handles himself. He's a little, Dude, he little demon, bro. Over his shoulder. I was like, nope, I'm done. I am not wrestling you anymore. <laughs> yeah, the spirit animal we gave him was the Tasmanian devil. Which is <laughs> fitting. Apt. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy dude. Yep. All right, who next? I think it's Shawnee Boy. 
Sean, it's your turn. I got a couple stories tonight, actually. Have either of you heard of the Salt Lake City ghost? Nope. Mm-mm. And it's the Salt Lake City ghost. Damn. What, so. What's it got to do to get how that, do you title? that title? Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's all proud wearing his badge. He's right? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a Salt Lake City ghost. So he is one of the oldest ghosts, if not the oldest ghost in Salt Lake City history, and that's probably why. So back when Salt Lake City was being established, people all obviously, you know, they die. And so the, <laughs> the, uh, the city hired this man to be its grave digger, the man that would go and dig all the graves for the bodies that, you know, when they die. Was this at the Salt Lake Cemetery by any chance? Yes, Salt Lake City Cemetery, which, by the way, is the second largest cemetery in the U.S. It's huge. It's huge. Massive. We yeah, walked yeah. around there one night looking for a specific grave, and we were walking around for easily three hours. Oh, yeah. Dude, that was so long. And, and we randomly found what we were looking for, too. We gave up, <laughs> and we're like, let's head back to the car. We're like, we're pooped, hungry, it's late. And on the way back, we ran into it, which was crazy, but true. <laughs> so this guy used to be the grave digger at that Yeah. Now, this man's name was Jean Baptiste. He was born in Ireland in 1813 and was given the job uh, as grave digger in 1860 once he was here in Salt Lake City. Now, he obviously just did his job. No one really noticed him or anything. There, what a fitting name. Jean Baptiste. Just burying people in the ground. John the <laughs> Baptist. <laughs> true, true. So there was this one man who was buried here in the Salt Lake City Cemetery, but he was from back east. His family was still all back east as well. And his brother came from the east and wanted to pick up his body and take his body back to where their family was from so he could be buried on the family plot. Mm. So he requests the body to be uh, dug up, and when the body was exhumed, they opened the casket, and the body was naked and lying face down. Which can only mean one thing. Well, I mean... Wait, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> well, <laughs> the first thing was John Baptiste or Jean Baptiste was then questioned, like, what's going on? And turns out that he admitted to having stolen the clothes. He didn't admit to anything else, but he admitted to stealing the clothes and the belongings of this man. Hmm. Now, one of the men in the... Salt Lake City uh, community leadership, like city council, had his daughter that was buried in that graveyard or something, and all of a sudden was like, well, what if that's not the only one? Mm -hmm. And so it was questioned more. It was questioned further. He was like, what about this one? What about this one? And they went back to Jean Baptiste's house and found thousands of clothes. He would use them as like his curtains or like oh. things in his home and he stole belongings, clothing, and he would send, give them or he would sell them to like pawn shops and stuff like that. So people would identify the clothes that their 
family members were buried in, and they would find them at pawn shops. What a hustle. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, if only you, that one dude didn't get exhumed, he would would have gotten away with it. It was from the Medley Kids. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, he like you're already going through the tragedy of losing someone, and then you have to find out that this freaking frick. Oh, yeah. It's like defiled your loved one's you know, yeah. memory. Oh, yeah. Um, at this point, he was tried, found guilty for theft, and I don't know if there was anything else involved, but at least theft. Being a dick. And he was branded and then exiled to Fremont Island. And if you don't know where that is, it's a little island out in the middle of Salt Lake. What? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. An island in Salt Lake? There's an the, island. The Salt Lake? The Salt Lake. The Great Salt, Salt Lake. Lake. <laughs> and it's called Fremont Island. Okay. I thought you were talking about Salt Lake City. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I was like, there's no, like, girl, go over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. Okay, so they banished him, exiled him to this island called Fremont Island. Now, um, it was a week or two later, a deputy go across the lake to, uh, like, give him supplies or something like that. And he's gone. Like, the island is bare except for this one little hut that he had built. And he was gone. He has never been found. Oh, that was the end of him. That was the end of his mortal body. Yeah, yeah. Sent him off and then never saw him again. Just yeah. found his house that yeah. he built. Branded him, exiled him, never saw him again. Now, there are sightings or there has been sightings of what is now considered the Salt Lake City ghost. And they believe it to be this Jean Baptiste because the sightings of him are along the salt, the uh, Great Salt Lake, Ugh. like the uh, beaches of the Great Salt Lake. And he's carrying a pile of wet clothes. And I, he's been sighted several times, to, to my knowledge, but that's all that he has been cited as. But he will Freak. be just prowling, carrying a pile of dirty laundry. <laughs> Dude, it's some homeless guy with all his belongings. <laughs> He's like, I'm just trying to keep my clothes clean. <laughs> yeah, I'm just getting my wash out here. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, but that's creepy. I've never heard that story. Yeah, no, I was like blown away. I'd never heard of the Salt Lake City ghost. Bro, I want to find that island. Yeah, Fremont what? Island? Yeah, and dude. For sure, probably his little housing, not there. Yeah. No, yeah. I think there's actually a couple of homes on the island now. Mm. Do you think he made it off the island or is his body lying at the bottom of the Great Salt Lake or something? I think he made it out of the off the island because the Salt Lake, you can float across like easily. Oh, true. It would be hard to drown yeah. in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I think he got away. So um. Maybe there was a a murder. Maybe I don't know. Maybe the family came and got revenge. Could Ooh, be. Yeah. Could be. And then because if you, you know, find out this the dude, of the, yeah, if you find out this dude who disrespected your entire family is just out on an island somewhere, it's like you're gonna take your little boat. I can fix that. Fifty of yeah. your boys. <laughs> Back in the day, I saw it was so easy to murder somebody, get away stuff. Oh <laughs> yeah, for sure. Especially yeah, if it's like. If he was kind of a dickhead to begin with, like no one's going to try hard to solve that. Yeah. I do have a question. This is going to sound so sus because it is. <laughs> Grave robbing, that's illegal. 
Yes. Yes. Hmm. Well, then. Well, <laughs> no, no. Also, I had a story. <laughs> also, it's only illegal if you get caught. <laughs> oh, it's just like allegedly grave robbing. <laughs> Me personally, I don't ever want to be buried with anything. I want to be like, cremated. What's the point of having like things with me oh i mean no i, I know point. in that story it's just his clothes but there are some people in yeah some cultures where they're buried with stuff egyptians well <laughs> and he had stolen list. he had stolen clothing and like belongings that were on the bodies yeah yeah like like stuff like the jewelry that's what he would take to the pawn shops real and quick he would just pawn them off the creepiest aspect of that entire story for me was he was using their clothing as curtains in his house. Yeah, and it wasn't that just curtains. It was like psychotic to oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> Unstable. <laughs> also, the worst kind of curtains ever. Like you're trying to button your curtains up. <laughs> you <laughs> see some like eighteen hundred overalls hanging from <laughs> some like slot just in the freaking window. Ruggedly. <laughs> just, my curtains unzipped over here. Oh. Just like <laughs> Actually it would it would most likely be a bunch of like old suit coats you know what i mean like yeah old, probably whatever you get buried just in. a curtain of top hats oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's kind of fly your your freaking lamp shade is just like a top hat right on top but if i were like the the official who like cracked the case on him you know mm-hmm. and i like kicked his door down and walked in and saw that oh bro oh yeah We'll freaking fight that fool. I'd back out slowly. I'd be like, we're dealing with a monster. <laughs> That's also inspiration for designers. <laughs> you know, they're always trying to make the most unorthodox, <laughs> unusable type of piece. True, true. <laughs> Unconventional. Anyway. Yeah. What were you going to say, though? Uh, with grave robbing? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. What were you about to confess to? No. Real quick? <laughs> I have no experience with grave robbing whatsoever. Next I was, story. <laughs> I was just thinking about how I don't want to be buried with anything. I too want to be cremated. So it's like, I don't know. If you live in 2019 and believe in progression and a green earth, then you wouldn't be wasteful. True. Here's a quick solution. Start burying people vertically. It would take so much less room. Or cremating everybody. Or turn them into trees. Have you heard about the tree pod thing when you die? Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's kind of dope. They like put you in a sack, put a tree on you and that tree sucks you dry takes all your nutrients and it gets all big and full would you eat the fruit though if, oh, if that was your father people fruit? Oh, definitely <laughs> yeah dude. I, you would i'd eat it all It'd angrily like bro eating the organs of your enemy in battle dude Ooh, yeah yeah my father <laughs> yeah you know charles loves his father's seed oh, no, oh wow <laughs> oh, i'm getting a little rowdy we need to tone it down with another story okay all right, this story comes from a girl who moved here from Brazil. I, okay. Born and raised in Rio de Janeiro. And Rio de Janeiro's unfortunately, one of the things they're infamous for is just their gang-related activity. The favelados. Yeah, the, fa- <laughs> the favelas. Fa- fa- favelas. Favelas. Favelado means like ghetto person yeah like there's there's like a big slum part of rio de janeiro and a lot of gangs run all of that can i tell a little yeah go ahead so in rio yeah it's actually like it's weird because how the city's situated it's right on the shore 
and the super rich live on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And the whole mountain is covered in favelas where all the poor people live. So it's almost like opposite because usually the rich people live up top. And you've seen them in the movies with like the colorful houses just like just stacked. saturated on the hill. It's all like corrugated iron mm-hmm. yeah. and they're stacked on top of each other. Super narrow. Um, yeah, it's super bad in Brazil to the point like child gangs are everywhere. So mm-hmm. eight, nine, ten year olds and big groups of them will come. And it, even police know not to go to certain parts oh, yeah. of the mm-hmm. favelas. You can be on the most touristy beach and locals will like look around and just dip. And people won't re- know, but all these little kids come out from the favelas and they'll just rob you with gun, knife, just take all your stuff, dip. And they have like no regard for, he, like they'll Sick. kill you right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this woman is from there. Nice. Sorry, painting a horrible picture. I've never been, but that's the way it's been portrayed, unfortunately. Uh, that and the beautiful beaches. So um, she moves to Provo. I don't know why. She's younger, so I assume it's school. She's going to BYU or something, maybe UVU. Anyway, coming to a small city because Rio's huge population is much larger yeah. than than Salt Lake City, let alone Provo. Hmm. She feels relatively safe, and with it being the U.S., she's not scared at all in Provo. And let's be let's be honest. Like when I moved to Provo. It's the most safe I've ever felt in my life. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. once have I felt in danger of nope. living in Provo. <laughs> I, I, I could go anywhere I want, whenever I want, and I'm, yeah. I never feel sketch, really. Yeah, not once did I feel in danger, which is good. Except me in West Valley <laughs> <laughs> and them Tongans, bro. <laughs> this experience that she had happened about a year after her moving here to the States. She describes herself as a cautious driver, driving really fast. Isn't normal uh, with where she's from. Gives her a little bit of anxiety. Um, And this happens in November. And this November, winter came sooner than later. So it's this. uh, she describes this experience as a snowy winter night. And she's driving a little more cautious than usual. And she's in the city of Provo. She's getting off work, headed home. It's already nighttime. And she pulls up to the light, stoplight. And she sees a man in crutches approaching the light, waiting to cross the road. Hmm. One, being outside in the winter, just not fun. On crutches, even more so. Triple not fun. So she's feeling a little empathetic. She rolls down the window. She's like, hey, do you need a ride? I can give you a ride somewhere close. And he says, yeah, that'd be great. Hops inside her car. And she immediately gets a, a weird feeling. It's not overbearing, but it's something that she definitely takes note of. Mm-hmm. But they, they drive and he's like, can you take me to my friend's house? She's like, sure. It's close by. They're driving. They're having small talk, getting to know each other. Um. He asks her what she does for a living, um, and they just go back and forth. They get to the friend's house, and I think she takes it a step further and says, like, waits for him to get inside the house. Mm-hmm. And he's knocking at the door. I don't think the lights are on, but after a while, there's no answer. 
So she's nice enough. It sounds like this woman's a saint. For real. She's nice enough to offer him, you know, a drive to submit somewhere else that would work. And um, while talking to him, he's back in the car already. She's driving. She asks him, you know, what he does for a living. And he reaches in his bag. She's getting a little more nervous as all of this goes on. And as he reaches into his bag, she thinks to herself, specifically, this is where I die. So she's pretty scared. Takes his hand out of his bag. It's nothing. Like he doesn't have anything? No. So he's just reaching in and out of his bag like a... I don't know if he was just like situating something in his bag or something. Situating that knife or gun, dude? But he tells her... I actually just got out of jail and was going to my friend's house because I had no idea where to go, what to do now that I'm out of jail. So she's kind of speechless, tries to continue the conversation. Oh, anyway. Um, what were you in for? I was church on Sunday <laughs> in jail. <laughs> Listen to this. She somehow steers back to asking him what he does for a living. Or what he did mm-hmm. for a living. And his exact words were, I end people's lives. After that, he proceeded to give her some sound advice <laughs> and basically tells her that she's a good person. And what you did for me today, I don't want you to do ever again and he says let me off right here you need to let me out of the car and she says okay stops he gets out gets his crutches and his bag she drives off (laughs) bro that's dude let off the hook by a killer that's that's knocking futs bro (laughs) no (laughs) that will not be your (laughs) thought on the story no, it's really crazy because it's eerily similar to a story that I have. What? 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 Oh, that's cool. I was just going to say one more thing. It's just like, oh, go for it. Go empathy. For it. Great. <laughs> like, it potentially got her into a really bad situation, mm-hmm. but also probably got her out of that same situation. Mm-hmm. True. Dude, it's so hard. It's so hard to know where to draw the line. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can't just go around life treating everyone like they're the same. Yeah, you can't make the assumption that every man or you know person walking on the side of the road is Means out to well. do evil or or, or or the opposite. Yeah, Because if you have that mentality, you're going to miss out on a lot of interactions of life that might enrich your experience mm-hmm. because you'll talk to eight people, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like probably don't pick up hitchhikers if you're a small female or ever mm, if yeah. you're a dude i mean just trust your gut yeah for real that's terrifying so he basically without telling her was like this could have gone another way but because you were nice you need to let me out yeah Ugh. um she did admit to being a little naive I guess where she's from, it's common to do stuff like that, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. 
Um, and to I pick people in, up? Yeah, or like in those tight neighborhoods. Just offer help. Or, I guess, yeah, yeah. Like people know each other, you know. Um, you know, cultures are different in different countries, surprisingly. So yeah, in the States, it's not as common to just pick up somebody random Yeah, in the middle of the night. But probably seeing him on crutches, maybe. Yeah. Just, especially with it snowing outside, she's mm-hmm. probably like just feeling for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's but nice. You said you had a story. I did. Go. It's eerily similar. So there's down in southeast Utah, a place called Four Corners. And Four Corners is known for supernatural occurrences. Like, have you ever been to Four Corners, either of you? No, sir. Is that where all the states meet up? Yeah, the four corners of Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah all meet in one corner. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, it's kind of cool. But um, for some reason, it's known for supernatural occurrences. One of the reasons for that is there was formerly a Highway 666 that starts in Utah goes down through Colorado into New Mexico. And it has since been changed to Highway 491, I think. But we all know what you really are. Yeah, it's the Devil's Highway nickname. What? The I've Devil's never heard Highway. about this. Yeah, it's down in southern Utah. Um, with that being said, there was... An, I mean, there's a lot of folklore that goes around this as well, which I'm kind of skipping over, but there was a girl who was driving from southern Utah down to... Albuquerque, I think, in New Mexico. And she's out in the middle of nowhere. And starting in Utah, she, I think, was getting into Colorado and saw this hitchhiker on the side of the road. And she's like, a nice person, yeah. And her name was Nikki. She uh, was like, yeah, I'm a nice person. I'm going to uh, stop and pick this guy up. And so right as he, like, sticks out the universal sign for hitchhiker, she pulls over. Hey, you need a ride? Um, Where are you going? And he's like, just as far as you can take me. And she's like, well, I'm going down to New Mexico, but, like, we'll go through this tiny little town that I can drop you off in. And so they keep going on this road, stop in this tiny little town. But, like, along the way, they kind of strike up a conversation, getting to know each other, and, like, you know, just having a good conversation together. And they get to this little, like, dive bar or whatever just out in the middle of nowhere, like a little place where truckers probably stop. And one of the things that had come up in the conversation was he was strapped for money. That was one of the reasons why he was hitchhiking, because <laughs> he had no money. So she's like, yeah, I'm going to be a nice person. She bought him dinner while they were there. And nice people out here, bro. Yeah, just super nice. And he was, like, kind of blown away. Like, she's just helping him, buying him dinner and all this stuff. And then they get back in the car and drive to this town. She drops him off in the downtown of this tiny little town, if you will. And as he's, like, getting out of the car, he says, hey, can I uh, can I have your number? Just so, like, maybe one time we'll catch up in the future or something. And she's like, yeah, sure. Like, excited to hear where this guy ends up, right? Just pretty naive in this scenario. Okay. And the scariest thing is nothing happened here. Like, nothing happened. She gave him the phone number, left him. That's the end of that story. 
A couple weeks later, though, she gets a call from him. And when she picks up the phone, he's like, I just wanted to tell you, when you picked me up, I was going to rape and then kill you. But because you were so nice to me, I chose not to. I want you never to pick up another hitchhiker again. And then he hangs up, she calls back, and she gets a payphone. Nice. I was blown away. I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. Crisis averted. But really, though, first of all, not picking up hitchhikers anymore. Second of all, if I do, I'm being hella nice to them. Yeah. Do you want some food? Here's a jacket. <laughs> oh, you don't have a home? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here yeah. you go. <laughs> have mine. mine. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it was that was crazy when I heard it. It was from a friend at work, and I was like, oh my gosh. Damn. They heard they heard from this person though. Yeah, like okay. a, it was a third party story. <sighs> so then I don't know what kind of advice to give. Because on one hand, being too nice could get you into that situation but like dj said might be the only thing getting you out of that situation yeah that's crazy though like when you started telling that story it was like are you kidding me what's weird to me is people have these motives but it's like where they draw the line it's yeah. like oh i'm gonna murder and rape this person oh she gave me a ride yeah. never mind I'd you like, know she gets a pass she it's had like, double mint gum one yeah. thing though that like <laughs> we're good I could see happening is just this freaking like crazy person who is hitchhiking, gets a number, decides to play a prank. Or maybe like, you know what? She shouldn't have done that, so I'm going to scare her so bad she never does that again. Yeah, I could see that being what happened. But if you're willing to go to those lengths, it's like... It's weird how like their moral compass is like... Where's their true where's north? Where's the line, yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know. It's creepy. Yeah, but like also there's like creepy supernatural stuff that happens down in southeast Utah, like <laughs> Devil's Highway. We have to go. Oh, yeah, I definitely wanted to go <laughs> after finding out it was called the Devil's Highway. That's crazy. What a lovely place we live in. It, <laughs> yeah. it really is, though. It does have a lot. Like there's so much history here. There's so much outdoors. It's fun to hear things I've never heard. Yeah. Like more so there are a ton of Native American urban legends here in Utah. There's been battles fought. There's Indian burial grounds everywhere. True. A ton of stuff. There's cryptids running around here apparently. I don't know. Utah's pretty cool. Yeah. But I had fun looking at these stories and thinking like, I lived right there or I've been there a thousand times. I've been at that stoplight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> that cave, that house. But anyway. Well, we got more stories in our next episode about Utah. Utah part two. Mm -hmm. Hey. But anyway, thanks for all the love out there. Thanks for the support. And moving forward, if you have any stories, please send them to 3 a.m. podcast stories at gmail.com or just hit us up in our DM, 3 a.m. pod on Insta. Check us out on Instagram. Check us out on YouTube. We're putting up more and more content. We've had good feedback. We're getting better. It's been fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, also check out our uh, October movie list. It should be like halfway done by now. It's been fun. Uh, a couple of years ago, we did a scary movie a night in October. 
and it was definitely <laughs> the most prepared I've ever felt for Halloween in my life. Yeah, w- this week we're in the middle of classic, classics and thrillers. Nice. So what's on 17? 17 is Alien. Dude, Ooh. that's a good movie. Bro, and tomorrow... What is it? The Shining. Ooh. <sighs> on a Friday. Good Friday night movie. The night after, Clue. Oh, nice. That's my favorite movie. I can quote almost the whole movie. The Shining <laughs> is my favorite horror movie. Mm-hmm. Nice. One of mine, too. I love Stanley Kubrick, and I love Room 237. You'll see on the list there are bolded movies. Mm-hmm. And those ones are our personal favorites and ones where we're not going to watch a movie. We haven't watched a movie every single night. Too busy. Yeah. (laughs) This podcast takes up way too much time. And just coordinating everyone's schedules to meet to watch a movie every night. Too hard. But we're going to try to watch. uh, Those bolded ones. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for tuning in, folks. We always love having you guys. So until next time, trust your gut, watch your back. Bye. Love you. Be safe. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in-depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence. And give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page.